Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. New friends and keep the old. Doesn't Dirks have a song about gravel? I swear I he wrote know. a song about gravel. Okay, we are live we from Bentonville. We <laughs> should know this. <laughs> okay, we have a special guest for our intro today. We have Betsy Welch. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and we are hiding behind a tent. We're hiding behind a tent in the shade. In the shade, because it is really hot. You were like, you told me, Christy, it is going to be raining cold for this event. It always is. Not this year. It's going to be hot and windy. That's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, so we have been here for a couple of days for Big Sugar Gravel. Uh, Betsy, you raced this last year? I did Little Sugar. Yep. And you're doing Little Sugar again this year? Sure am. You're trying to win it? <gasps> oh, yes. no. That is so unfair. You said we weren't going to talk about anything right now. I mean, it comes out on Tuesday. It's already done. Betsy's going to do what Betsy does. I'm just going to. That may be a win. That may be a yeah. win. Let's be real. I got second last year. Um, Lauren Stevens isn't here. She's the one who beat me. So who knows? Maybe I have a chance. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you, Betsy. Uh oh. (laughs) Is this podcast media coverage just as cool as the Tour de France films coverage was? Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) were you hiding behind tents with a microphone? Um. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Just. A slightly larger scale, I think. <laughs> the sausage is all made the same. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Do you think uh, women's world tour racing or gravel racing is more fun? Oh, gosh. We won't send the podcast to Bella News. <laughs> no, I mean, of course, they're both amazing. Like, gravel is my home, gravel is my heart. And women's world tour is just like uh, seeing women on like a world stage that's incredible it's like a huge romantic crush right yeah 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 it's like a big crush you're like oh my god that's just love and this is your boyfriend yeah this is your boyfriend that's your crush <laughs> yeah that oh wow wow you guys are good i, I think that's that could be a column that you could write yeah gravel is my girlfriend Boy, no gravel is my boyfriend. boyfriend yeah 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 world like tour this. women are my crush are your crush there you go. I like it. <laughs> we get things done down in Bentonville. 
<laughs> we, we have now written an article for Betsy. You guys are really good at this. <laughs> we know. <laughs> wow. I'm also a little delirious because we've talked to a lot of people in the last two days. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, what, what else? Well, this field is stacked. It's a little stacked. <laughs> it's so insane. Yeah. They're all trying to get the win for... The, the end of the Grand Prix and I was actually interviewed Kristen Ligon and she was like yeah I'm 10 but I don't know if I'll stay in 10 because it's so competitive like the top 10 yeah, spots guess. are going to be really competitive the at points, this race. The points race the points race is really tight within the women um, and there's a lot a lot of them have a lot to gain with this with this race Yeah, um, which I think is a really cool thing about the structure of the event the way you guys set up the points um, that was all me uh, do you feel like this has changed things for the gravel pro field, Christy? Um, of course. I don't exactly know what or how, but I mean, I think if anything, it's just elevated it. And, you know, we, we just wrapped up the card signing here, and it was just cool to see fans come, like, to, to meet the athletes. Um, and just a great, like, just such a great group of human beings, largely speaking, that is, is pretty cool to see. Yeah, I would say you definitely don't see this at a world tour race, and um, it's it is what makes gravel so special. No matter what anyone says about the pointy end being too pointy, like here they are, they're right here. Come yeah. talk. Yeah, and they've been around all day. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we've got a bunch of little mini interviews for today's podcast. Uh, so uh, Christy got a couple in yesterday before she had to Work. switch. To work mode. My favorite one was you and Kate Verano. <laughs> Where is she, by the way? She, she had, had to go, to go home. home. Oh, I am so short, and she is so she's tall. She's like yeah. six one. Dude, she's a baller, a literal baller. I was standing <laughs> uphill, and she was still a giant. <laughs> Christy was like reaching the microphone up to it her. Was, it's embarrassing. Go, go look at the, go look at the coverage. Go look at the video. So we have a bunch of Instagram reels. If you didn't see those, but then you're gonna get the full clips of those uh, videos onto the podcast feed today. So. Christy's got to go back to work. She's giving me the look. I am. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> All right. We're on to our interviews from Big Sugar Gravel. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com slash feisty. Okay, I am here with Rose Grant, who is retiring after this race. Is this your last race? Um, 
I have. I'm going to race Iceman. I decided to race Iceman just a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. So it's my second to last. And you're going to be wrapping up the Grand Prix, which you, this is your kind of retirement tour. And you're like in the top five right now. You're four, right? Yeah, I'm in fourth right now. And I have like six points in front of me to third and maybe more than that behind me to fifth. So I'm pretty solid in fourth. And to, to move forward or back, I think, um, you know, I'd have to have something really good or really bad happen. So, yeah, we'll see. I think you're going to have a really good day. Uh, okay, tell us about your decision to retire because you've been racing for 10 years. I have. So I turned pro in 2012, the same year that I got pregnant with my daughter, Layla. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she is nine now and turns 10 in March. And, you know, it has been a juggling act, um, racing a full career as a mom and um, my husband is a very busy person. He's a police officer. And so my mom has stepped in a lot to support us um, for my travel and my training. And um, it's just required a lot. And um, I have taken the approach of one year at a time for a long time. And when I was injured, I thought about retiring then and also like, always kind of wanting to have more kids too. I just, I was never really sure how long I would race. And the last few years, I, I always felt like I couldn't come back. I couldn't quit at, from being injured. I couldn't quit with being forced to not race with COVID. Like there was unfinished business and I had to see this through. And I'm at a point where I'm not chasing unfinished goals. Like I have accomplished everything and more that I ever could have dreamt could have been possible. And it's like this chapter is complete and I feel so confident in that. And I've learned some really valuable life lessons and I've grown immensely that I feel like through biking, I discovered who I was meant to be. And now I feel that I am meant to take what I have learned and apply that in a different way. I, it's not completely clear, but I, I would love to be um, just mentor, coach, um, support role. I think that position for us as athletes is incredibly important, and I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. I think you're going to have a lot of opportunities as more and more women see that you can be a mom and you can race at the top levels too like you don't have to give up those things from being a mom and um and you know and then you can also make a different choice like later on and it doesn't like all those choices are valid for for women yeah I think being a mom and racing has been really awesome for me it's hard for sure and I think it's good to recognize how hard it is and give yourself credit for that too because I didn't do that for a long time because um, racing is hard in and of itself. And then when you're balancing, you know, being a mom and family. Um, but it also has given me a really healthy perspective, too, on the sport for just um, being able to look a little more from the outside in, knowing that racing is not my entire life. And it doesn't really matter to Layla how I do in the races, like, you know, that that the relationships and um, just the other aspects of life are far more important really than racing. 
I love that. Is she here with you this weekend? She's home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations on an amazing career. We can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we're live. I'm here with Kate Verona. <laughs> <laughs> Verano, Verano, there we go. I, and it's she's a tough like one. French Canadian, yep. French Canadian, Kate Verano. I can't do Verano. Yeah, I can't get it right. Verano, Verano. Everybody, Verano, Verano, Verano. Wow, that's <laughs> fancy. Um, Kate is with Zwift. I am. Yeah. You yeah. guys have had a big year. It's been epic, okay. epic. Peru Bay uh, Femme of Zwift and Tour de France Femme of Zwift, both in their inaugural year. And uh, the reports are in, and it was wildly, wildly successful beyond our dreams. I love that. So, so this year has been a big year for women. Talk a little bit about that and, what, and the role that not only Zwift has played, but also you have played. Oh, well, I think it's been such a big year because there's just so much more visibility. You know, uh, we're giving people the opportunity to, to, to see how wonderful women's racing is, to get to know these personalities, to see the action, and uh, it turns out people really like it. <laughs> so do we have any uh, female heroes out there? Oh my God, so many. <laughs> So many. Well, I mean, we have, we, yeah, I mean, I, I look at like Veronica Ewers this year. What a standout year. Um, I see, uh, you know, so many of the riders at, at the tour. Of course, Anamiek van Vluten, just like, just, you know, epic performance. Um, Celia Uteblutwig was uh, just the, the breakout personality star uh, of the tour with her incredible, um, you know, unfiltered interview after stage three. It was so much fun and she's such a powerhouse and what an incredible season she had with FDJ. It was just, I mean, so many great personalities coming up, you know. Kasia getting third overall, Canyon Sram taking the team uh, classification. Uh, Ash Moomin Pasio just closing the season with a win, uh, her first world tour win. It's just been breakout after breakout after breakout. And I think that they're getting, uh, there's just so, there's the confidence to, to make the moves and to, you know, to know that uh, people are watching and that um, there's so many more people tuning in that this is just creating so many more opportunities to them. I'm already hearing that riders are able to ask for more salary, more sponsors coming to the table for teams and races. All the things that we hope to happen, just this snowball effect in the industry that, you know, once we all start to invest, we see the results, you know, everybody's happy, you know, there's more bike racing to watch, more personalities to get to know, more fans, more sponsors, more investment. It's great. Well, I, I mean, I have goosebumps, you talking about this. It's so, it's so incredible to hear, and it's been so incredible to watch. Coming off of a 2022 that was like that, that was just breathtaking and awe-inspiring and literally like beyond everybody's dreams what are you going to pull out of the hat for 2023 oh i'm very excited for the root announcement next week so nobody knows uh, until you, you see next week but there will be some nice surprises um i just can't wait for more coverage longer coverage um you know i i think it's, it's, uh, I can't say much, you know, because like until next week, it's all kind of a big surprise. But I already hear so many people wanting to be there, wanting to tune in, wanting more access to watching the race uh, in all different countries. Um, it was pretty good this year, but I think we can even do better. So I look forward to more people tuning in. Um, I'm really excited to keep our Watch the Thumb campaign going. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we got the caps and musettes all over the place and just people being able to support and show their 
their love for the racing and love for the riders um, and just showing uh, you know race promoters uh, and uh, you know media that this this is what they want to see well, we know you're super busy, so thank you so much for taking just a few minutes to chat with us. Oh, my pleasure. It's a, The work I get to do at Zwift is an absolute dream. Very, very happy to work for a company that cares this much. So Glad you do. Long sponsorship, another four years, so or three years with an option for four. Nice. Yeah, I'm here with Sarah Sturm, who's a notorious <laughs> never-listen-to-the-girls-gone-gravel podcast. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? I don't listen to anyone's podcast. I'm sorry. No, it's totally okay. I'm but, just giving you shit. But Giggly Squad, I do listen to that one. Well, I'm going to have to listen to Giggly no, Squad. No, 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 don't. It's, you're going to judge me. It's so bad. It's Sarah, I already judge you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't yeah. believe I just said that. <laughs> so um, we're down here in Bentonville. Big Sugar. Last of the Lifetime Grand Prix. You're sitting in a very, very tight race in second place. How are you feeling? No, I was trying not to think about that. I know, I know and no pressure. <laughs> oh, my God. Everyone keeps asking me how I'm feeling, uh, which I get. I would also ask right. that of people. Um, I want to know how Haley's feeling, how Sophia's feeling. I'm actually, like, pretty stoked. I, like, have to try to not think mm -hmm. about that because really, ultimately, like, you can't control any of it. But I'm feeling good. I'm really excited to have made it this far and like be at Big Sugar like when we started the season I was just like whoa that's a really long ways away like the end of October we started in April April yeah that's so so many things have happened and yeah. so I'm really excited to be here I'm also glad that it's the first time I've ever been warm in Bentonville right now yeah, we were just talking about that. Everybody can thank me because I literally brought my entire wardrobe and I'm not riding my bike. So the weather's perfect. Yeah, I also brought so much stuff with me. But yeah, I mean, hey, it could still change. I'm, I guess I've heard that of this part of the country. I think we're fine. Um, but, you know, back to that point, you've, you, the hay's in the barn. So you've already done all the work. Yep. Um, I know as much as I've really, truly loved Lifetime Grand Prix and this whole experience, I too am excited that it's over. What are you doing after this is done? Oh my God. I was just telling Ellen, I was like, I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to not worry about riding. I'm just going to like turn my, my nervous system is going to be nice and regulated. What else what is, was I saying? I'm, I'm going to do nothing. <laughs> Did I, mention I love that. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, it, it's just crazy. Like I can't let myself slow down. Mm -hmm. And that's something I learned about this season. Some of the races I had too much time between and I almost it like made it harder to to rev back up again like just for the traveling circus so mm -hmm. I'm excited to just like decompress a little bit and actually like unpack my bags that have been packed the entire year <laughs> well uh, speaking as um as a fan um well I mean I think I think that's the the thing that to me has been the most exciting about the Grand Prix is being able to work on the backside of it to get to help people get to know the personalities that are out there in cycling and I really hope you've felt a bit of that yourself oh yeah I mean the coolest I, I feel like I've said this a lot but I really mean it and I, you know anytime I tell this to my mom this it really is true but I'm like really the coolest part of this whole thing is like I've gotten to meet a lot of women that I would never have crossed paths with 
and gotten to not only race against, but like become friends. I mean, Haley and I, she had such a funny comment on my post. She was like, I think my family wants you to win more than they want me to win. (laughs) She's I like my mom even called me. She's like, Hey, I love Haley. And I was like, do you want her to win more than me? (laughs) She's like, maybe after that comment. So it was just like, it's just been lovely getting to meet like, I mean, she used to race the world cup circuit and Hannah Otto. Like I, we've followed each other for years, but we get to like race together. And like, it's been cool to like bring Ellen into the, like I was just telling Mm -hmm. Ellen cause we were driving to the airport and I was like, Hey, how long is big sugar? And she was like, Oh, I think it's just a hundred. And, um, Howard, her partner was like, man, remember when you had never even ridden a hundred miles, like before unbound (laughs) this year. (laughs) And it's so true. Like I I told Ellen, I was like, I don't even think you understand like what you just did, like this whole season. And like, she, like to see her confidence, like, increase and like just knowing that like no she's not just trying to finish big sugar like she's gonna race it like that's oh my god yeah yeah I love I mean I I love the fact that exactly what you're saying I think the Grand Prix the women's field of course I'm partial to but what an amazing group of athlete ambassadors that are in that field yep and like the ones who get it like understand that like yeah we're racing for the win here but we're also like kind of forging a new path you know Mm. like there's not just the cookie cutter way to do bike racing anymore and I think that's why like I've always felt like I fit in really well with gravel you know sometimes I miss cyclocross where you could just be done after 45 minutes but also everything's already defined like I like that the sport is still evolving and like people are open to having discussions about how to make things better like you don't even realize what uh what a gift that is until like it's taken away and you just have people telling you like nope this is the way it is and this is how it's done so god I hope we never get there in gravel I hope we always have those discussions I know well let well (laughs) should we make this a political podcast (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean I think it's it's important to like always do that I mean you and I I feel like end up talking about those things every time we chat but like it's it's cool to be around people who are willing to have the conversation and willing to like make tweaks to make things better because otherwise like man I would not have made it this far I would be out of cycling if that were the case well um best of luck tomorrow (laughs) Saturday best of luck on Saturday I I did another podcast yesterday or an interview and I was like yeah tomorrow nope Saturday Saturday. (laughs) you got another day to think about it (laughs) I will we'll find we'll track down Haley and Sophia get their temperatures and I'll send you a text on how they're feeling yeah great done (laughs) (laughs) hey I'm Abby Robbins welcome to Big Sugar here in Bentonville and I'm here with Hannah Shell so Hannah tell us a little bit tell us a little bit about your race strategy tomorrow yeah, so the course is crazy. Um, it's super dry right now, and my goal is definitely going to be position well leading into the gravel, um, and then stay off the brakes as much as possible. <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. So tell us a little bit about your experience in the Lifetime Grand Prix so far. 
Yeah, the Grand Prix has been a big learning experience for me. I am not a mountain biker, and so um, I'm, I would be lying if I said I didn't crap my pants a little bit when I saw the start list. Um, but it's been cool. I mean, I've surprised myself at some races, and I'm eager to continue to push myself and get better. Okay, so one piece of advice for anyone listening to this podcast who wants to do what you do. Get a mountain bike. <laughs> and learn how to be fast on it. I mean, I'm serious because gravel is so much about how fast can you go through the turns. I mean, the BWRs, they all have the single track. This race here, it's it's gravel, but it's still technical. Um, and I just think that if I were to start again, that's where I would want to start. Awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Abby. All right, friends. We're at Big Sugar Gravel, and I am with Kristen Legan. Kristen, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, getting excited to get this last race of the season underway. Yeah. Do you feel like you have an advantage because you're also a coach when you come to racing, or is it hard to coach yourself? Oh, well, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think just knowing yourself and knowing what you need is important, whether you're a coach or not. But, um, but yeah, it's fun to kind of see what everybody else is doing and be able to manipulate it and try it out in other ways. You're like, that was a bad idea in their training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no judgments on other people. It, you know. oh, I would totally be judged. <laughs> I used to coach swimming. I was really bad at like, when I would see people swimming, I'd be like, that's that, that's a bad idea what you're doing. It's not helping you get any faster. But. Yeah. Well, we'll hopefully just be focused on going fast tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you feel like that this event has, has elevated the pro field and especially the women's field? Because you've been around this for quite a while, right? Um, and you've been a little under the radar. You've been um, coaching and doing your thing. You know, you're not like, well, we've talked about this. None of the gravel cyclists are the most like flamboyant athletes. <laughs> but also, like, I know you're, you're a quieter person. But do you feel like this is the whole thing is like elevated the field? Yeah, for sure. No, I think you just have to look at the results from years past on all of these different events and see the the growth of the women's field and the depth of it. So it's been really, really interesting to see. Um, I've raced Unbound for almost 10 years now, off and on, and um, have podiumed at most of the races. And then this year I was, I think, 10th, and it was by far my best race I've ever had, fastest I've ever gone, but I was 10th versus, you know, second or third. So I think that speaks to a lot of, um, you know, there's just so many strong women and we're all pushing each other, which is great. You know, in training and in racing, we're seeing this kind of next level, next step being taken. Um, so I think the next few years are, are going to be really fun to watch. I'm excited. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen with the women's field, right? Because we saw the men, a lot of them came from the pro peloton. So we see like a different kind of race and different tactics when they're doing that. So do you think that's going to start happening with the women as they get better at this, like, racing like this or what? give give us your yeah. crystal ball good question um no the women's race is such a it's its own thing it, you can't compare it to the men's a lot of the time especially at races like um big sugar or unbound or leadville where we all start together and so the men's dynamic is really different where they can get into specific groups they all know each other they can keep their eyes on each other and the women's is really we're intermixed with age group men, pro men, um, other super fast women. And so not knowing where each other are or just being able to utilize the, the men's groups in different ways. So I think there's definitely a learning curve when it comes to how to race and like that race craft of these big mass participation events. Um, so I think we'll start seeing more and more women focusing on that and see like how to, how to use, utilize that for their advantage. 
Okay, you said you're not going to do this next year. You just said that on the stage. Uh, would you recommend other women to do the Grand Prix series and why? Oh, for sure. This has been such a fun year. Um, and, you know, I signed up thinking, oh, I probably shouldn't. I'm not fast enough for this. But um, you're in 10th right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had a good season. But, um, no, but I think challenging yourself and just seeing what you can do because until you actually go out and try it you have no idea you know like I was the same way where I was like I shouldn't be in this I'm, I'm trying for a top 20 maybe if I have a really good season and then you know you go out and you have a couple good races and it's like wow I think yeah now I, I know I can do this and it just keeps um you know gives you motivation to try other new things and keep pushing yourself uh, what would you say so a lot of our podcasts right is not obviously not pro women they're amateur women maybe they've never done events what would you say to them about just like stepping out and challenging and doing something that you know it's it's always that first step that is the hardest you know whether it's you're not interested in going out and doing your bike ride that day or it's an event that you're scared of just sign up for it you know give it a try and you know worst case scenario you turn around and you go home and you decide this isn't for me and that's fine that's totally fine but 99% of the time I think we get out there and we're like wow I'm way more capable of what than I what I thought I was and um and actually have a lot of fun with these different events or rides and there's usually good snacks at the aid station <laughs> snacks are key always <laughs> when you're not racing you're like I can just stop and have snacks exactly yep <laughs> or pack your own snacks that make you super excited to ride so well this will come out on Tuesday our podcast is feed on Tuesday so after the race so we are super excited to see where you end up in the Grand Prix series Thanks. Good luck. <laughs> Hoping for luck. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks for your time today, Kristen. Thank you. Okay. I'm with Meg Fisher um, and for the audio version because people can't see you in that. And uh, you're here at Big Sugar Gravel. Is this your last event of the year? This is my last race of the season. It's been a long season, eh? It's been a long season. I've got some local cyclocross races this winter, but um, this is my last travel gig. Did you like how I threw that A in for the Canadians? Uh, yeah, well, I'm fluent in Canadian, you know. I'm actually headed back to the motherland next week. I'm in a film um, that's made it into the Banff Film Festival. And so, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It's called High Road. What's it about? It's about uh, the story of uh, Jack Berry. He developed cancer about three years ago. He's when he was 11. Now, um, in the film, he's 14. And it kind of follows his journey of kicking cancer's ass and um we got to do the, his first bike race together and uh, i've known jack his whole life and he yeah i came into his life at the right time and now he wants to be a paracyclist and so he's part of the reason why i am pushing for paracycling opportunities across the board awesome okay well that's what i wanted to talk to you about a little bit because i know uh this has been a big well it seems like this has been a big year for paracycling across the board i know that uh Outside of Sea Otter, Lifetime has had a category in every event. And then I, it seems like I'm seeing more and more events pop up with paracycling categories. So how do you feel like those opportunities are developing? Oh, it's great. I, I get to talk with a lot of race organizers. And um, I may have spoken with them a few years ago. And, and that momentum and that understanding is, is, is growing. So I'm really pleased that it's just taking off. And there'll be more next year. Yeah. Is it... Uh, what are the, some of the unique challenges that you think come with gravel and paracycling? That's a kind of a really broad question. Um, so what are those challenges? I, I mean, uh, you're good at broad questions. So. 
Um, so let me say, like, are you just mean more about the organizer part of it? Because uh, oftentimes organizers don't know what that entails, and we can only look through the lenses that we have that we're born with. And so I'm able to provide a perspective and understanding with my with my doctorate and my um, professional history with, with paracycling um, to be able to kind of fill in the gaps that they don't necessarily know that that are there. Um, as far as athletes um, in paracycling, it's just, it's just riding a bike. There's yeah. not a lot of challenges there. Yeah. I would think if you're, uh, and this is my ignorance, but I used to coach a little bit with the paracycling team with the tri club. Yes. So if you're in the hand cycle, it's one thing. Like if you're on a smooth pavement, right. I think there's probably a lot more challenges when you're on gravel roads that are sometimes washed out yes. or have to cross creeks. Right. How are race organizers handling some of those challenges? Or how are you helping them handle some of those challenges? Yes, so I'm highlighting where those those obstacles might be and what supports might need to be there. Um, for instance, people who are on a recumbent hand cycle uh, or a kneeling hand cycle, there are some changes to the bike. It's not a road bike, just like if we have road bikes that are different than gravel bikes or different than mountain bikes. There are adaptations to the bikes themselves. And then speaking with the race organizer saying, like, yeah, this is going to be a challenging spot. If we're going to have a creek crossing, let's have uh, an eight-person station there to maybe help that athlete um, navigate the creek crossing but in general it's amazing tricycles are incredibly resilient tough bikes and the athletes who ride them are even tougher yeah okay if a race director um, is interested in adding like a paracycling category how would they reach out and get in touch with you uh, i have a website it's goldmegfisher.com um there, you can easily email me or through my instagram which is just megfisher at megfisher awesome thanks for taking a few minutes with us today meg oh, my privilege thank you awesome I'm a big sugar, and I found Lauren does a Crescenzo. Gosh, I had a hard time saying your last name. Good, good pronunciation that time. I just did a lot. It's a lot of letters. Very Italian. It's a lot of letters. Okay, speaking of Italy, I gotta get the scoop. Oh yes. When do you still have your ovaries? My ovaries. Your ovaries didn't fall out on the course. No, no, no. They're still in there. They're still in there. All good. That was the joke because the women's race was shorter than the men's race. Mm, no, still in there. They weren't able to do take those away from me. <laughs> um, tell us how that was. How was the experience at Gravel World? Or Gravel. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the not the pirates, the others. Not the, the pirate worlds. The other yeah. UCI worlds. Yes. yes, in Italy. Um, well, it was it was a good experience for me. It was ninety miles, a little bit too short for me. I wish I had another 90 miles yeah. to... It was short for all the Americans. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is what is this, road race? <laughs> and it was, uh, it was basically 90 miles of everything that I'm bad at. So, like, a lot of bike paths, a lot of, like, like, 300 turns onto bike paths. And it was, like, unlike anything I'd ever done in the U.S. Yeah. So, but that was Gravel Worlds. So. Did it feel like a, a world championship event? No, it definitely felt like with all the other countries being there and like just seeing every country represented, it definitely felt like the world championships. But it was just, now I know exactly what I'm going to be doing this for the next year of my life, getting ready for a course like that again. I went in, well, I was ready, but could have been more ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's... That's a learning for everybody. And the course could be completely different for the next one, right? I hope it is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll move it to Kansas in the oh, middle of nowhere. Oh, if they can move it to the U.S., I would be all about that. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> what do you think the opportunity for women is with, like, this gravel work? You know, because there's a big debate uh, within 
gravel and the spirit of gravel and all the whatever those things are but I think there's an opportunity for women right like if you want to say I'm, I'm raising my hand and I want to race at this level and I want to go for that like and I think you're that person like how do you see this as an opportunity for women you see like gravel worlds mm-hmm. oh yeah um, or just, just gravel in general I think gravel is incredible for gender disparity um, that we often experience in yeah. cycling I mean we're doing the same exact course we have the same exact like we have like same media coverage same everything we're out there doing the same thing and there's like so many opportunities to make it a living which I've I never thought in a million years I could do in my life I was once a roadie and then I was like ah, I have to go to grad school oh yeah. no I have to get a job yeah. <laughs> so I did all that but then you know one thing led to another and then yeah coming into Emporia that one day I was like oh wait I, I can make this a living I can do this yeah do you think the landscape of women cycling has changed this year with the Tour de France films I think so. I was getting like teary-eyed when I was watching the Tour de France Avec Zwift. Yeah. Avec Zwift. Yes. Avec, Sorry, don't Kate. Forget, don't forget the Avec Zwift. <laughs> well, we, we have to give Kate credit for all the I things know, that she did. I know. That was an incredible, like, that was amazing. That's so unlike anything I saw like 10 years ago when I started racing. I was like, wow, yeah. we're, we're getting somewhere. Yeah. So th- is this the end of a very long season for you? Yes, I started at the uh, Valley of the Sun road race in uh, February of this year. It's my longest season yet. Yeah. But like I just said, I was like, what else am I going to do every day? <laughs> uh, okay, so will you will you kind of follow the same pattern next year? Will you put your hand up for the Grand Prix? Or you're not a mountain biker, right? Uh, I got it. I don't... I'm a roadie gone gravel. <laughs> <laughs> not the other way around. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. TBD. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is a stacked field this weekend, and uh, it's—is it weird coming in as a non-Grand Prix rider into this field? Because like, there's a big competition for the top ten, and where those spots are going to fall. Are you like, I'm just here to do my own thing. See y'all later. Or, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. I'm just going to be over here uh, doing my non-lifetime Grand Prix thing. <laughs> you guys have fun. <laughs> well, even outside of the Grand Prix, there's a pretty stacked women's field, which is really exciting. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's just stacked all around. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, final, the final encore of the season. The final encore. <laughs> Everybody's like, I just have five and a half hours until my season's over and I get to rest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and tomorrow is, I think, basically the last race and the last big race in the U.S. for gravel. Well, um, you've it's had a great my season tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've had a great season. Um, really fun to see you out there racing again and, and all your results this year. And I uh, can't wait to see what you do next year. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great seeing you at all these places throughout the U.S. <laughs> every time I go somewhere. Every time. I'm like, hey, Lauren, I have a microphone. Can I put it in your face? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I'm going to stop this. All right, folks. I am in Bentonville for Big Sugar. So this was a few weeks ago, if you're listening to this. And... Uh, Katie Mady, I will never forget your last name. That's correct. You have to say both at the same time. (laughs) I know. So Katie Mady, who lives here in Bentonville, just came up to me and I was like, hey, let's talk about the Gravel Festival from last year. So you were one of our volunteer ride leaders last year, correct? I was, and I also helped stuff some swag bags and got to see everybody at the keynote speaker. And it was just a great time last year. Okay, so uh, tell folks why you think Bentonville is such a special place to ride bikes and they should come to the festival. Riding bikes here is amazing. Um, The community is 
you can't compare it to anything else. I have so many friends here and everybody's just so welcoming. Um, the riding is fantastic. You've got single track, you've got gravel, you've got amazing roads, the scenery, um, you've got amazing things to do here in Bentonville, just restaurants and museums. You just, you just can't beat it. So come out to Bentonville and ride with us. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I love about Bentonville is the women's community is so strong here. And that was one of the reasons that we chose Bentonville for this festival is because it, there's just like a community of women that love riding and love helping other people ride. And we, we knew we needed to tap into local communities like that to, do, to pull off an event. Um, tell us about your experience with the women's community here. Um, the women's community is really a big reason why I started riding. Um, I started riding with a group of women a while ago, and then, um, shameless plug, myself and some friends um, officially organized the Northwest Arkansas Gravel Collective, um, and it's a group for the femme, women, trans, non-binary community to ride together weekly, and... Um, it's just amazing to see the turnout every single week. We've got some seasoned riders, we've got some brand new riders, um, and every time we have some of those returning faces, and I just love being a part of the community here. It's very tight-knit, everybody knows everybody, and we're all just out here to support each other and cheer each other on. Yeah, and it's not, like, this isn't a race. They're not racing. We're just riding together, right? Like, it's, it's about just having fun, experiencing beautiful places. Absolutely. We're just here to enjoy each other's company, enjoy the scenery. We're not racing each other um, because I know personally racing each other sometimes can be very uh, daunting. And that's not... That's not, not trying to win group rides here. No, we're not trying to win. Don't be a hero. It's not <laughs> the point. We are here to enjoy each other and support each other. Well, thanks for stopping by, Katie. Uh, we will be looking forward to seeing you next year at our gravel festival. Uh, and hopefully some of the folks from the Gravel Collective will come out and help volunteer. Absolutely, I'll be there. See you guys next year. Okay, I am standing at the finish line with the women's Little Sugar winner, Betsy Welch, who did not want to spit out in the universe in case she didn't do it, but you did it. I did it, and I, I don't generally state such bold aspirations, but um, I like this race, and last year I got second, and so... I don't know, I was just, my plan was to just like go as hard as I could and that's what I did and today I won. Congratulations. Um, I love that you're not afraid to be like, I want to go win the 50 because like a lot of times people are like, well, I just did the 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm actually really working on that with myself because I also tend to say just the 50 or only the 50, but I've also stated that we need to like normalize the shorter distances. Um, it's it's no less of a race. In fact, for me, it's like an actual race where the longer distances are sometimes just about surviving. Um, and, you know, personally, as a journalist, I, I do, <clears throat> I want to include more coverage of the other distances um, just to like say, hey, there, there are, you don't have to do 200 miles, for example. I mean, that is, did we forget? That's an ultra, <laughs> you know, like That's a long way. Yeah, yeah. So you did the 350 at that event. Touche. Um, I, yeah, I'd like to try them all. You know, it helps me have a really good understanding of the sport as a whole. Well, I love that. And congratulations. And we will now leave the intro in the podcast of you saying, me saying that you were going to go for the win. Yes, I was a little nervous that I would say that and then I wouldn't win. But then I was thinking out there, I was like, you know what? That's what all pros do, you know, like they put it out there that they want to win. Usually they don't win. So, um, yeah, it's, I decided that even if I didn't win, it was going to, it was going to be okay to say I wanted to. So yeah, fun day. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And I know you have got to go because the men's field is about to come in. Thank you, Catherine.
Okay, I am with the women's winner. We had her on our podcast. It is Paige Powered, Paige Onweller, of course. Paige, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I just heard you at your finish line interview say that what made the difference out there was the confidence. And I know so many women can relate to that. Uh, What shifted in your mindset for that? I think it was just a matter of like fake it till you make it. (laughs) That's what my coach always tells me. And just uh, positioning is everything. And then, you know, I I think for me, I've always been a little bit more timid, but I just knew on the hills, go to the front and drill. And I I realized like, oh wow, I am strong. Like I could see it because the gaps were forming and I was still feeling like pretty comfortable. So that for me, like fueled even more confidence, like as I was doing better, like it builds um, on itself. Um, and that's just classic sports psychology, I guess. So finally, like, executed it well, um, which, which was good. Okay, one more thing I want to ask you about is uh, you also work full-time. You are a PA in the emergency room. That is not um, an easier dial-it-in job, and a lot of women think, I can't race at high levels and work a job. How, how do you balance that? Um, I'll be honest, like, it's, it has not been easy, and I'm, like, going to cry thinking about this, but I have sacrificed so much, um, and it's frustrating. I work my I work my ass off to get time off to come to races, and this is my fun time, you know? This is my vacation, and then I go back after winning Big Sugar and have a ton of hardships in the ER. So I think the balance is keeping it fun and realizing that I have something outside of cycling as well to kind of distract my mind. Um, but for me, like, I needed this to hopefully get more opportunities so I can work less and have less stress going into races. So, yeah. Well, congratulations. We are very excited to see you on the top of the podium today. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I am sitting here with the Big Sugar second place finish, Emily Newsom, who's had a massive year this year. Congratulations, Emily. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, you're sitting here with your daughter at the finish line. You raced the first ever Tour de France films this year. Uh, then you're sitting here in second. What does it mean to have your daughter see you do these things this year? Yeah, it means the world to me, for sure. Yeah. It makes me cry. <laughs> what do you think of your mom? I love her. Are you proud of her? Yes. Well, uh, congratulations on your day today. today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, I am with Haley Smith, and you unofficially just won the Lifetime Grand Prix. Um, and we had you on the podcast. You talked about how this has made racing fun and kind of brought it back to you. How does it feel to be winning when you came in just for fun? I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, didn't, I don't come in just for fun. I come in for fulfillment and for, like, chasing my personal best, too, which, like, ends up being fun. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I didn't have the race I wanted to today so that's a little bit bittersweet I was hoping to be a bit faster but I, I just I did everything I could and I mean it's cool to feel, to be consistent and to have that the win in the overall but I don't know I just don't think about it that much like yeah like I've, I've learned the hard way that you can't like if you get like crazy emotional about every win and you make it like the biggest thing in the world then it you ride these waves that are not sustainable so yeah. We've heard, uh, I hear Sarah True say a lot, which I'm sure she is a professional triathlete, that a happy athlete is a fast athlete. Yeah. Good job, Sarah. Yeah, it's true. I'm, and I, I wouldn't say, like, 
I wouldn't say it's happy. You have to be happy all the time, but like being solid, having a, a solid understanding of why you're doing it, being fulfilled most of the time. Like, yeah, having like a trend of positive emotions makes you fast. I think. Yeah. Well, congratulations. We're super excited for you. I'm sure you're going to be excited when you get that big award. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it is exciting. Like, it's cool to win stuff. It's just not everything, right? Yeah, yeah and that's really important. So, what are you going to do for fun after this? Uh, well, I'm going back to school, so... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> well, that's fun for me, but... <laughs> we'll have some yeah. celebrations today. Thanks. I will. Okay, I have Heather Jackson at the finish line. Hey, Heather. Hi. <laughs> okay, I've been stalking your dog all week. Oh, my God. She's I love it. She's so cute. <laughs> um, okay, I just wanted to ask you, uh, you have officially wrapped up your Ironman triathlon career. Yes. How does it feel to be at this event, to be uh, retired from that level of triathlon and just in it for fun now? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I absolutely love triathlon. It was my life for 15 years, and for me, it was I still love it, but I just needed something new and refreshing and different and new challenges, and this is all of that. I mean, it's it's so fun. It's like this group dynamic, which triathlon is very much a solo sport. I mean, you have your team helping you, but you're out there racing alone. This is just fun to be out with other people, um, a new challenge for me, and yeah, it's just so fun, and I don't have to swim. So, <laughs> And you're running 100 miles next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I haven't really said much because I could be walking 100 miles. I'm, a, I'm more nervous about that than, that's more just like going out for fun. It's a big Hoka event. Um, I'm still on board with Hoka, which I'm so grateful for and want to go out and just, yeah, party in the desert. It's like five laps and I've heard it's an amazing event. It's called Haveline 100. So we'll see. It's more, I'm thinking more of it as like an adventure, not yeah. Not a race, but that's what all these things are, right? Yeah. Um, have you ever, at the end of an Ironman, had an ice cream cone and a beer at the same time? No, never. Everyone's just like handing you all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, congratulations. We are happy to officially welcome you to the gravel side. Thank you so much. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to next year. Yes. <laughs> you have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.